Welcome to the Conscious Relationship. I'm Kaplan and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, your host and producer. Today, we have an amazing couple. We had them already in our relationship uh, area, but today they're back, and this time they're going to be talking about parenting. So, we have in Richard and Namaste, known as the Infinite Couple, they are the founders of the School of Alchemy and the School of Feminine Transformation. They are life and relationship alchemists who facilitate the transformation of the mundane into the precious, utilizing the wisdom of the ages. They are teachers, public speakers, spiritual conduit, and transmitters. They work together, mm, they're fun too, bringing <laughs> insight uh, using tools and techniques based on the multiple healing modalities. Over 50 years combined as spiritual leaders and a deep insight into the need of both the masculine and the feminine. They are parents of eight. That's why they're here today. Mostly adult children, lovers of the fine wine, good food, and adventures, and can be found broadcasting live multiple times a week. You can find them at www.richerandthemaster.com. So you're back. You're welcome back. <laughs> We're so excited to so be excited back. excited to be here. Yes. We love you so much. <laughs> yes. I am. It's such an honor. Like, last presentation, it was amazing about relationships. So I am like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to have to deliver? I mean, what well, you guys, guys are going to deliver in this uh, parenting? I'm so excited. So I would like, um, you know, the topic of today is about unleash your parenting superpowers yes. in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and feel great while doing it, which is so important for all of us who are parents. So let's start with how do you guys start on doing on this journey of conscious parenting? Huh. Uh, well, the man loves a woman very much. <laughs> I think, I, I think, you know, Richard. That's how I generally start. <laughs> Richard grew up in a household with mm -hmm. over 300 children because his parents were foster parents. Yeah, yeah, for almost 30 years. So yeah. he was raised around as the, and he was the oldest. I'm the oldest. Yeah. And the they adopted of, the oldest of over 300. The oldest yeah. of over 300 and they adopted 10 children. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So he has, you know, he brought all of that into parenting. And um and my it's my thing is, you know, from the time I was a little girl, I wanted to be a mom. I, mean, I just knew that I wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. Um I knew that I wanted eight children, which is really interesting. Um, and, and I just knew that I wanted to, I felt like parenting was something that is conscious. It's something that you're choosing how you're going to engage with those little beings versus being unconscious, which is just, you know, you're here now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do something, yeah. you know? And, and so for us, it's always been a part of how we parented and, and where we approached it from even before the idea of, you know, conscious parenting was really on our radar. We mm -hmm. were still doing it. Yeah. An interesting thing about it is, you know, even at this stage in our lives, in terms of having school of alchemy and doing our work, right? We have people during our conferences and during when we teach always come up to us and ask us, would you be 
my my parents. Right. Yeah. We also have a lot of. Yeah. Besides having eight children, and they're adults. We have a lot of spiritual children. Yeah. We always yeah. have adults come up to us and say, "Will you be my parents? Will you guys are my spiritual parents?" Mm -hmm. Um. So it's just apparently we we kind of channel we that, that energy. you know yeah. that divine yeah. parentals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so so we're thankful. Yeah. Yeah. We are. We are. That's a good one. <laughs> I love you guys. I love your dynamic. It's so much fun. I cannot even imagine the event. Like I'm already visualizing myself in one of your events and I just know it's going to be so much fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you guys are funny and I'm like good funny though. <laughs> I can't show funny <laughs> and delicious. Oh my God, just delicious. So, uh, so let's start with unleashing our parenting superpowers today and feel great what we're doing. So here we go. Okay, it's Richard and Namaste, and we are here to talk to you today about releasing your parenting superpowers and feeling good about it. Yes, you didn't know that you had parenting superpowers, <laughs> did you? You did. I think the superpower should be looking like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> all of you, in terms of your parenting superpowers, we know that you look exactly like those, I'm, I'm sure. those two people in, in the sure picture. I'm sure you do. You're just awesome. Stand there, capes and all. Absolutely. So we thought we'd start at the beginning. Right. <laughs> Which is always a good place to start, right? Yes. And and you're a parent, so you may not, you know, you may not think you need to know where your babies come mm -hmm. from. Um, mm -hmm. Either you are a parent or you want to be. Uh, you probably think you already know. But we want to take it a little bit different. We want to yeah. share something that maybe you hadn't considered, which is that we consider babies as being individuated infinity. Absolutely. Now, you may call individuated infinity God. You may call it the universe. You may mm -hmm. call it source or what have you. But we consider babies as individuated infinity, desiring to know and experience itself in the complexity and contrast of uh, being human. Yeah. Um, and having free will, and for, for most folks, mm -hmm. um, having a masculine or feminine embodiment and expression. Yes, and and you know what's not on here is that there are some that come with having both, mm -hmm. and some that come with not having, having either, either as an expression. Right. Yeah. those are on the the you know the, a smaller percentage, and but mo for most it's masculine and feminine embodiment and expression. Mm -hmm. Now, as such, we also believe, and this is again, this may be an eye opener for you that children choose many of these things. I know you thought you chose your children. You chose right, when they were yeah. going to come and what was going to happen. But actually, that individuated infinity, mm -hmm. your child, has chosen their parents. So when they're in the non-physical, right, mm -hmm. before they actually show up here in the physical plane, they actually choose their parents. You chose your parents, mm -hmm. your time of birth, where you were born, and the, and the, even the circumstances, because you know history itself is fluid. Right. So you can you come in in this particular space time because this is the place where you you have chosen. Right. When we say time of birth, we're not just talking about it like from an astrological. What's your time and your date and your sign and things of like that. Mm -hmm. But even the time of birth in the sense of what era you were born right. in. Yes. You yes. know, it gets it. Yes, it's that deep. Yeah. Right. So children are choosing these things. And this mm -hmm. is really important for where we're going to go with this. And here's something that I always say is that children are not merely empty vessels. Their very appearance is an act of sovereignty. Wow. That's their first sovereign act yeah. as that as that individuated infinity mm -hmm. is to come and decide I'm going to come yeah. forth as human, yeah. you know. And that puts a whole different spin on it, because when you say my being here, 
is an act of sovereignty, then that means that, you know, I'm not a victim of circumstance. Right. Right. It's like I have chosen this. Yes. And as a result, everything that happens is part of that path and an and offshoot of that first divine choice in terms of where to appear and who to appear right. um, and who I've chosen as my parents. Exactly. So it's for you. That's true for you as mm -hmm. an adult. You were a child at one time and that's true for you. And it's also true for your children. Yeah. You know, and so, so remember that, remember that. Mm -hmm. So throughout your physical life, you know, um, we occupy multiple roles in the pursuit of that knowledge and experience that, you know, being that slice of individuated infinity. Now, one of the most important of those being forming loving bonds with others. And that beginning is in participation in the experience that we call family. Right. right? So childhood for the child is the journey of infinity incarnating. And parenting, for us as parenting, as parents, is our willingness to guide that incarnation and to teach infinity what it is to be human. And wow. that's why I said that's a real deal right. superpower. Yeah. You yeah. are literally teaching infinity what it is to be human. I just got chills just right. thinking yeah. about that. That's just so... Right. Because it makes yeah. that whole... It, there's... there's, there's Tremendous responsibility on both sides, right? right? As a child, you've chosen your parents, but in terms of being in that family and being a parent, you have the responsibility of teaching this slice of infinity what it means to actually be a human. And that's, right. that's tremendous, right? right? That you have a tremendous amount of influence right. and a tremendous amount of power in this situation. Mm -hmm. you know, but unfortunately, you know, a lot of times, uh, parents don't feel like that, right? Right, because, well, most parents feel like, <laughs> feel more like the victim that needs saving instead of the superhero <laughs> in the story. And we know this because, yeah. you know, we talk to, we have a lot of students in the School of Alchemy mm -hmm. and also in the School of Feminine Transformation. And, you know, in the course of our travels and teaching and, and doing, you know, both live webinars, um, web, online webinars and live events, mm -hmm. we hear about this a lot. Yes. You know, how yes. often parents really just feel like, I'm just exhausted. I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I'm so worried, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's a number of reasons why. Um, today's parents are judged and told how to parent by many more experts than ever before. Right, yeah, we have a tremendous reliance on expert opinion, expert mm -hmm. witnesses, and they will tell you what you, you know, most of the time what they tell you is what you're doing wrong yeah. or how you're <laughs> screwing it up, not necessarily what, what you're doing wonderfully. Right, right. right. Parents have less modeling from previous generations than ever before. Um, a few, probably about a decade ago, I remember reading something that was saying that that was saying that you um, what they had found was that historically people lived around their parents and grandparents and great great grandparents. Mm -hmm. Everybody lived in the same area, and now we had something where people were, you know, as soon as they graduated from high school and they left to go to college, a lot of times they weren't coming back home after that. Right. Yeah, they keep and, going. Right. And yeah. so what you have is what I call family spread where everybody's just going out and, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's a beautiful thing about being an explorer and adventurer and, you know, we love to travel. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, what it doesn't offer, what it kind of takes away is our ability to have modeling right. from previous yes. generations right. as far as how to do this thing, as far right. as how to parent and you historically we have. Or, or granddad or grandma how to do it, right? right? Because you're not around them. 
Right. And in many cases, you know, given our in our modern times, the information that you will get maybe along the, more along the lines of, I don't know, right. you know, as opposed to this is how you do that. Well, that's because, you know, when we model something, it's like if we take the children and you take them outside of you, I remember when you were building a shed mm-hmm. and you had the boys out there with you and they were nailing and stuff like that. You weren't talking them through doing it. You were right. mo- literally modeling, modeling it. Doing they it, actually right. were watching you do it. And that's mm-hmm. how, you know, unfortunately, one of the, the, one of the pieces of knowledge of ancient wisdom that we've kind of just ignored or almost lost is that the way that humans innately learn is through modeling, not talking. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we think, well, you can just describe it. You can just write it down, but it's not no. the same. More, hence the phrase more is caught than is taught. Than is right. taught. Yeah. Right. So historically we would just, you know, mom wouldn't tell you how to hold and change the baby. She wouldn't walk you through that and write a diagram and everything. You would right. watch her do it. <laughs> and then you would know. And because yeah. you were watching, you didn't feel like, she was constantly talking down to you, which mm-hmm. is what often happens, mm-hmm. right? Because you were just observing. And so right. you go, oh, okay. And then you started doing it So you it had again. a picture of excellence and then you just, you know, this is how it's done. Therefore, to do it wonderfully, I need to do it in this way. Exactly. We also have that parents are more aware of world events. Yeah, we have um, the proliferation of our global connectivity. And it's, it's almost, you know, it's a 24-hour inundation in basically whatever is going poorly or whatever is going bad mm-hmm. anywhere across the globe. Right. And when you couple that with the fact that when we see something um, internally, our, you know, inside, we don't know the difference between seeing something once it happened mm-hmm. just tragically mm-hmm. or seeing it hundreds of times. Each one of those is a separate instance right. internally. Mm-hmm. And so we see these things over and over and over again. And that gives all um, parents a certain sense of trepidation and fear yes. in terms of what the future holds for their children right. and what may happen to them. Right. Yeah. I hear that from moms all the time. I have so much anxiety. I'm so worried. I'm so worried. I'm so worried. Even though we have more abundance, mm-hmm. more opportunity, more abundance, more access to so many things that you would think we would have more relaxation and calm. But instead, I'm so, I have so much anxiety. Right. Why? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Why? Right? Because I've seen it hundreds of times. Anything. <laughs> Typically, Literally. When I say anything is the bad thing the happening bad thing happen. to people who are in my same situation, being parents and having children all across, across the globe. Mm-hmm. So that tends to start to infect how we parent and how we relate to our children. Exactly. And, you know, lastly, but certainly not least, is that parents have less formal religion. Most people aren't identifying, or or some people are, but Mm -hmm. you start seeing people stepping away from whatever the religious norms are um, and and less of a spiritual focus than ever before. Mm -hmm. And while it's not necessary for someone by any means to be a part of a specific religion to be spiritual, because we are spiritual and we're not a part of any specific organized religion per se. Um, At the same time, when we lack that spiritual focus, one of the reasons why we as humans crave spirituality and we tend to lean towards it is because it makes us remember the great mystery, which goes back to where babies come from, right? That individuated infinity. Mm -hmm. So when we have a spiritual focus, we remember and connect with the idea that, oh, that's right, I am individuated. Yes, it becomes, yeah, it's, it's like a philosophical conduit. It's a window that opens between us and the all that is right. and we have again going back to that sense of place right mm-hmm. we understand where we are we have our you are here dot on the face of the universe mm-hmm. and having that spiritual focus gives us a, a container for that mm-hmm. and i think it's important for when you're you know discussing 
conscious parenting, the mm -hmm. spiritual, I think, is a huge component of that. And I yeah. think a lot of times um, when, when a person thinks about I want to be a conscious parent, they only think about the intellectual or the mental, mm -hmm. that, that I want to be conscious in a sense of paying attention and mentally deciding what's going on. But there's another area, another, another aspect or element to that, which is that spiritual part, which is a place of deep curiosity mm -hmm. um, and mystery yes. and, and teaching children wonder, you know, mm -hmm. and that there is something you have greatness within you, yes. you know, that extends beyond that. And so because when you add these things together, you're, more, you're getting more judgment by more experts. You've got no modeling. You're aware of all the bad things in the world and you don't have that spiritual connection. That's why you're feeling mm -hmm. like you're a victim instead of a superhero. Right. And so, yeah, that adds up to a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and, and even depression for many parents. Do you look like that face? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry you. about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're so going to help, help you. you. Remember your superpowers so you can parent with calm and confidence. So in case you're wondering, this is Richard and I. <laughs> 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 that's how we dress and, and, and that's how we're dancing yes. while, while we are in fact parenting. Yes, yes. When we're not here with you, mm -hmm. that's us. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of strange staring in, in the grocery store. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when you are parenting from your superpower, this is not a set of rules for parents to follow, but a set of beliefs about what children need to develop and thrive and what the job of the parent actually is. Right, now these little tweaks are gonna change everything and you'll enjoy parenting far more. Yes, I said enjoy parenting. <laughs> if that surprises you, you know, cause a lot of parents when you talk to them, I'm like, well, you know, you, are you enjoying it? They're like, what is, what? what's joy no, got to do with it? enjoy parenting, you try to survive it, right? <laughs> right, right, and so, you know, this, this may be the first thing to remember is that how you feel about parenting while parenting matters. It really does matter. It is in, as important as anything that you mm -hmm. think that you're trying to teach your child is the lesson for you in parenting is how do I feel about parenting while I'm parenting? Mm -hmm. So, so number one, discipline is not a villain. It's an ally. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> So what is discipline? Um, it's a set of rules that govern a person's behavior and conduct. Now, typically when you look at discipline in terms of um, being a parent, right? How most of us were raised, uh, we have compliance-based forms of discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, whether your parents had a very strict model, a very authoritarian model, militaristic, um, and even if it went to the other, the pendulum swung all the way to the other side mm -hmm. um, for a permissive model, all of those models have something in common, which I thought was really interesting, because whether you're extreme authoritarian or extremely permissive, it tends to condition children to be motivated externally by the system, right? right. Instead of developing that internal motivation towards self-responsibility. Right, and most, most parents really desire for their children ultimately to kind of connect with that internal knowing mm -hmm. about you know what's good for them what's not good for them where they want to go to have that kind of be self-driven it gives right, you a lot yeah. of comfort i know yeah. our children um our children are now between the ages of 16 and 27 27 27 yeah. and so we have a lot of adult children and i know that as our children were 
you know, getting older and stepping into adulthood, one of the things that gave us a lot of confidence is knowing that they had that internal compass mm -hmm. that was, uh, you know, active and online right. within them and they knew how to connect with it. Yeah. Um, but when you're using compliance-based forms of discipline or you're avoiding any kind of discipline, mm -hmm. you don't know that your children have that. Right. Now, remember, discipline is a set of rules that govern a person's behavior and conduct. And as we believe and as we have stated before, position matters, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So that sense of place matters. That doesn't just matter for us as adults. That also matters for children. Mm -hmm. And so discipline lets them know, you know, what, how do I do this? You're teaching them how to be human. Discipline is one of the ways that you kind of offer that training or that guidance. Mm -hmm. And there's a broad spectrum there, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us have grown up with the idea that discipline is often negative in yes. terms of its implementation. Mm -hmm. But discipline is just a set of rules. So what is that set of rules and how is a person's behavior governed and how do they conduct themselves? I think that when you are shifting from, you know, either the strict authoritarian model or even going towards the permissive, when you go into what we call superpower parenting or conscious parenting, um, you examine how you were raised first, right? right? So you understand, you know, without judgment, without judging your parents. And then you problem solve to understand, connect with them, and to have some flexibility mm -hmm, there, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so you're starting to look for root causes, not just arbitrarily assigning punishments or in assigning rules for the sake of maintaining rules, right. because that's what you think that it is to be a parent. Um, but rather to seek discipline that serves a deeper purpose of the child, as well as the connections of the family. And so we really like to always make things very practical by giving you an example. Mm -hmm. So with all of our children, none of our children have had a curfew. Right. None of them. Um, and the reason why was quite simply because there's nothing magical about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Or 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 11.30. Exactly. Or what we found is that a lot of people uh, had curfews because they think that's a way of, of eliciting control and making the children communicate with them. And what we found was more, far more effective was just telling our children, asking them before they left home, what time will you be home? Mm -hmm. and, and, and asking them to let us know if they were going to be late. And do you know, every child out of eight has done that. Mm -hmm. They leave their home, usually before they say that they will be home. Sometimes right. we're like, well, what happened? <laughs> Why did right. you guys end up home so early? Back early. What, what happened? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and if they needed to stay out later or something was going on, they just call us. And there was no sense of we were going to be upset because they wanted to stay out. Mm -hmm. What is there to be upset about? Right. There's nothing to be upset about because you're enjoying yourself. That's good. Well, the lines of communication were open and there was nothing to push against. Exactly. You don't have to declare your independence by coming in at 1130 because we said come in at nine. Right. You know, what you declare your independence is because you're old enough now to go out and spend time with your friends and have a good time. And you understand based on what your responsibilities are and what you've got going on tomorrow, et cetera, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you know, you are generally looking out and saying, well, you know what? I'm tired. I'm mm -hmm. ready to go home. Mm -hmm. You know, come pick me up or whatever right. it is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we did that with bedtimes too, mm -hmm. when, yeah. which was younger than the curfew thing. You know, mm -hmm. curfew was more like high school bedtimes. That started in middle school where it was yeah. like, we are not going to, you guys don't have a bedtime. You can go to bed whenever you feel like it. 
you have to understand that you need to get up yeah. the next day. Yeah. I'm not going to wake you up. Because time for getting up is not arbitrary. Right. You, know, you do I'm have not... to go to school and it does start at a specific time. Right. And so you need to be there or right. getting on the bus or whatever it is. And all and of our children, well, not I'm not going to wake them. you up. Right. The first two, the oldest ones, mm-hmm. they stayed up really super late right. yeah. that first night <laughs> and then had to get up the next morning and were like, oh my goodness, and then do it again. And the young ones learned from what the older ones did. Right. And yeah. they never did it. It was like, okay, you don't have a bedtime and they're still in bed at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's like, where are you going? <laughs> I'm going to bed. I'm right. sleepy. But that's discipline. They yeah. have that internal set of rules. It's an internal thing where they say, I need this much sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and that's governing their behavior as opposed to always looking to us to do it. Right. So here's number two. Forgiveness is the key to your superpowers. Yes, this is huge. Please quit playing the blame game with your parents or even with the memory of your parents if they are deceased. Everybody's got a pain story, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the reason why I do what I do is because this was done to me when I was growing up, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I can't get over it. I can't get past it. It's just a feature on my emotional or spiritual or intellectual landscape. And I just can't, it's just, it's just unmovable. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here to tell you that if you want to step into the place of your superpower and really be effective, um, you can do something about that. Right. And it is rooted in forgiving, forgiving Mm -hmm. your parents because they did the best they could, you know, at the time, or even if they didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's immaterial. What what is really relevant is that that time has passed and you can, you have the power to forgive them. I think that this is such a deep superpower because it's one of those things that's like a, a hidden you know, power keg hidden in plain sight where it's causing so many parents to not be able to be conscious in their parenting, to be awake and to make actual decisions about what they think is in the best interest of their children based upon how their children are showing up because they're so worried about being like their parents or not wanting to be like their parents, you know, and the reason why is again, because like you were saying, because they, the parents made mistakes, they didn't like some of the things their parents did Mm -hmm. and, and that's fine, but there's a judgment there right my parents were bad people they Mm -hmm. were selfish they were this there was they were that they did it wrong and you know you have to understand my loves that you frankly can't say that because you a came into your parents as a baby so you didn't know what was going on Mm -hmm. so even some of the things that you think you saw you know studies have shown and science has shown that you probably it it probably probably wasn't that at all right um number one and then number two is there's a lot of things that parents don't show their children about who they are Mm -hmm. they're real they're fully faceted selves as human beings right right? so all which is to say stop holding your parents in judgment right and also you know going back to when we first started and we first showed you that first slide um you picked them Yes, you picked your parents. You, know, you picked those people. And the time. And the time and the, and the place in which you came into, out of the non-physical, into the physical um, universe. Yeah. So here's the, the thing that, that, that really shackles you, is that when you are in this position of judgment, that negative fallout of that criticism is also severe self-judgment. Yes, yes. And unrelenting self-judgment causes fearful and critical parenting. Mm -hmm. Everything your child does is about you in some way. Um, Everything that they do is a reflection of how good of a person you are, how bad of a person you are. Mm -hmm. 
And you begin to, you know, kids talk about, you know, kids have like the ghosts in the closet or whatever. Well, mm -hmm. your ghosts become your children's ghosts. Right. You know, yeah. the stuff from your uh, of your past that you're constantly allowing to scare you into behaviors is is a problem. So mm -hmm. instead of just trying to ignore them, we're we're saying eliminate them. Right. You know, when you, when you eliminate them by forgiving your parents, um, then you eliminate the ghosts and then you don't pass that on. Exactly. Right. And then you can stop living and parenting from fear. And this is the big one, mm -hmm. fear that because you're judging your parents, guess what? You're also living and maybe you don't realize it, but you're living in fear of your children also judging you. Right. And that is affecting your parenting choices. It really does. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like I realized that um, not worrying about my children judging me. Like I hear people say, oh, my biggest thing as a parent is I just don't want my children to need therapy. And I'm like, you don't control that. <laughs> no. That's beyond no. the scope of your practice. You Absolutely. can't decide where your children are going to think that you did something and they didn't like it or you said something. And it's never going to be the thing that you think. Mm -mm. You no. know, it'll be, you know, one day they wanted to wear green and you told them to wear blue instead because green doesn't match it and that'll be the thing where they're mm -hmm. just like oh my god oh oh my parents never let me right, right. you know and so you don't have control over that but when you live without judgment you're okay with the fact that you don't have control over mm -hmm. that and you're okay with the fact that in parenting you're not omniscient and you will make mistakes and that's okay <gasps> too right what you, yes you will get it wrong sometimes <gasps> <laughs> and get it wrong. I mean, even in that, get it wrong. It's like yeah. you're gonna have some outcomes where it's like, ooh, you know what? I didn't mean to say that, mm -hmm. or you know what? I I said that you did that, and I realized that you did. But that too is teaching. I was teaching. tired, and I spoke harshly, and you know, I, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak to you like that. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the unintended consequences. And that's still teaching them something. Right. That's the beautiful. That's why it's important actually to have those unintended consequences and less desirable outcomes, because mm -hmm. even in that, you are teaching again that individuated infinity, what it is to be human. Right. What right? it is to be human is that sometimes it doesn't turn out like you thought it would. Right. And, you know, if you hurt somebody's feelings, it's okay to say, I'm sorry. Exactly. You know, if somebody gives you something, it's okay to say thank you. Yes. You know, those types of lessons, and again, Moore's Coffin is taught. So by modeling those things and getting rid of that judgment of your parents frees you in so many ways mm -hmm. to actually live your life and enjoy it instead of being fearful and having this, you know, constant fear that you're going to screw it up or mess, <laughs> mess it up, up your kids, whatever, mess <laughs> up your kids, leave this unfortunate legacy or whatever. Yeah. So number three, and, and that brings us to this third one. Yes, <laughs> which is probably going to get some gasps. Right. But don't allow social justice concerns to infiltrate your parenting. I'll say that again. Don't allow social justice concerns to infiltrate your parenting what do, and what do we mean when we say that yes we've seen this um occurring with more and more frequency in the last few years mm -hmm. activists attempt to right perceived wrongs in society by projecting their will outward you know they protest they do a lot of different things elevating awareness changing minds impacting society in various ways to affect the changes they perceive as necessary so what happens when you're a fearful parent you find yourself in this microcosm of your mm -hmm. family trying to right societal wrongs by projecting your will inward within mm -hmm. the family unit. Yes, right? and I see this sometimes. I see, you know, parents being very concerned about, for instance, there's a lot of, of conversations about um, consent. 
right? Mm -hmm. And specifically in regard to to men and women and men right, needing yeah. to get consent from women. And one of the things that I was really surprised because our children were so much older when this started coming up that mm -hmm. I didn't realize it until I started hearing it mm -hmm. was I've even seen moms, you know, they're nursing, they have a, a baby boy that they're nursing and he gets to be about, you know, one or two and they're yes. like, you need to ask me before you try to nurse from me because, you know, you <laughs> as need to a start, man, right, as a man, you, you need to, to learn about consent to a woman's body. And that's, <laughs> that's an, that's an example of taking a societal ill, right, a societal yeah. thing that you want to change in society. And now you're projecting it inward towards your family unit and towards your child you're making your you're almost like making your child responsible for something that they did not do that someone else did yeah you know and and it's a really interesting thing because you become because there are so many social justice concerns in the mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. you can't parent effectively and enjoyably okay. from that place you know so we have an alternative um that you know we suggest well, I was going to bring up another thing with respect to that is okay. that um, what I see a lot of times, and we've seen this happen a lot, and this is a thing too, it's like when you have this societal concern, like there's a lot of people, individual acts of meanness for people as far as, you know, gender and mm -hmm. things like that, mm -hmm. right? And then folks are bringing that into their parenting mm -hmm. dynamic by saying, well, the best thing, because people have been mean to people because they are female mm -hmm. or because they are male, then we will eliminate gender. Mm -hmm. totally right yeah in our parenting and mm -hmm. so to the point where we don't even know what to call the kid because mm -hmm. we're going to let them choose and it's like well, where are you basing that it's like the societal ills that are external mm -hmm. that are outside don't have it really any place and it shouldn't be affecting your relationship with your baby right and if you you know it's it's not that there aren't people who are you know who who feel like like their gender they need to change it mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. if, you know their physical their biology does not fit how they construct their gender to be right. that does in fact happen but again it's one of those things where you're swiping what's working right mm -hmm. in cultures that have more than two genders they watch they when the child comes there they the child is as they look as they appear to be based upon their biology or their physiology mm -hmm. and then if the child begins to over time giving very specific key indicators begins to show up and express very definitely in a specific way then they begin to then, transition that child into right. a different gender outside right. of that because there's a recognition that for most people this is going to be the truth and it's that freedom of choice exactly right? yeah. exactly and so you know i would say that even for those who think well you know but what about you know those who don't identify in the binary there is precedent for that mm -hmm. all you just do some research right. and actually find out how to do that in a way that is that is powerful and beneficial versus just saying okay let's just do away with it because that a uh, no gender mm -hmm. that has never been present in any and i've done some research on this it's it's right. not present in any society right. so yeah. so that is basically beginning to try to use a social um you know social experiment mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so recognize Whatever that, that societal wrong <laughs> is you're bringing that into your parenting right and and this is our alternative here yes which is pretty important lead with love yeah lead with love and see they they love each other mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a heart there it's lots of love on this on this slide parent based upon a fundamental belief in the goodness of your child right and yeah. um and again, you know, how do you conceive of being human? Mm -hmm. Do you hold within yourself the belief that humans are fundamentally bad unless you're doing something to make them be good? Or do you believe that humans are fundamentally good 
Mm -hmm. And um, what and you want everybody to do is doing doing the, the best, best they, they can, can. Yeah. even if they make choices that were not the choice that you would make if you were them. Right. They're right. still doing the best they can and always going in the direction of what feels best. Right. right? So there is room. Exactly. You know, for different kinds of gender expression. Mm -hmm. There is room for any number of different things. If we have a fundamental belief in the goodness of our child, that we're not fearful Mm -hmm. so that we're preemptive mm -hmm. or unnecessarily authoritarian or unnecessarily strict or unnecessarily um, even permissive. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We understand that we can parent in love, we can you know, enforce good boundaries in love, and we can do all of those things through that prism of love. And we can also, because we're doing it without fear, mm -hmm. we understand that the net result of that is going to be a slice of individuated infinity that has a good solid foundation as to what this life is all about and they can go forward and we're not we're not fearful right. about what the outcomes are going to be yeah. we're not also we're not fearful about our legacy in terms of parents right. because then we are confident that our children will be able to say whatever it is that they say we know that we did our best mm -hmm. and that you know they have we gave them the best that we had to right. offer and they have the tools that are necessary to assist them in navigating all of the the complexity right. and you know, that, this complexity. Human, <laughs> that this human experience you know offers to us so there we go yeah, and so if you want to things. you want to learn more about this and you want to explore more about parenting mm -hmm. in the school of feminine transformation we actually have a school or a, a, a module if you will that we cover parenting and specifically mm -hmm. mothering because the school of feminine transformation is for is for women and, and female identified feminine beings and if you um also in the school of alchemy we also as part of life that life, life alchemy, alchemy as, right. aspect we talk about about parenting as well. So if you want to know more about parenting from us, you can join one of our schools or you can visit us on the web at richardandnamaste.com and we have a number of writings about mm -hmm. parenting there as well. And a number of videos as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we love you guys. Thank you so much. Amazing. I'm like, I love it. Uh, so if you guys didn't watch the conscious relationship presentation that um, Namaste and Richard did you have to watch it um, incredible so and I'm saying this because um, there's in a part of presentation that Namaste talks about the aspect of position mm -hmm. you know so you must watch that presentation to have a better understanding because we dive deeper into that uh, it was very really uh, juicy delicious topic and wow three practical and simple and delicious uh, keys and secrets for these parents over here and the one that I love um, I love is the the first one I really 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 like the first one too because um, you know, like discipline is, um, you know, having my nine years old and, and being, you know, on this journey of, of exploring how to be a even more conscious parent every day. It, it is, it is sometimes it could be like a journey of challenges and obstacles where I can try to find myself disciplining my daughter and not, and then having this whole, um, I totally agree with a lot of the, the things that you guys mentioned about the beliefs. 
that sometimes we have like deep belief in and we bring deep belief also of the spiritual community and society and all this and that and sometimes we get confused so we <laughs> really like gosh it's like I, I say that being a mother has been the most amazing transformational journey that I have said yes to. Mm -hmm. And that my daughter really picked me like very wisely. Like she's like my mentor. And like she like really, um, she has been my mentor there, my master, I would say, it for, for transformation to do the work I do. So that kiddo. <laughs> This summit, actually, this whole summit, because of her, to be honest to you guys, is like she is the reason why I'm doing all this work. Mm -hmm. So, saying that is, is it's sometimes challenging, even as a conscious parent, as like loving parents, like the discipline part of it. It's like, so, it's like what, <laughs> you know, what kind of discipline? And what I love, like Richard said. Um, and Amistad said, um, what I think I, I hear well, and you guys would expand more on that, um, or share whatever else you would like to share on that, is that what I understood is the aspect of the discipline, um, you know, uh, the curfew or the bedtime, you know, the, the bedtime, which hit home because, oh my God, struggle with that kid. She has so much energy, like crazy, and she can be just until one o'clock in the morning she wants to um and it was for for as a parent you know for her to go to school had to be consistent um and it was important to me to put some kind of discipline and to the aspect of like you have to be in bed by nine o'clock because you had to get up by seven or whatever mm -hmm. and it took me years. I can say that it took me like nine years and she has always resisted and what I love about what you said is is to share um, the aspect of make them aware of their responsibilities for the next day mm -hmm. so they can in their own uh, free will and like their own power because yeah it's like having discipline because we love a kid that we we have to provide a sacred secure you know consistent environment for their growth it's important and sometimes we do it from a place of not really um, valuing many, you know, their own like power, right? Like sometimes we forget to value their power. And this aspect of discipline that you guys mentioned, it hit home because it's like, wow, how can I create this sacred, beautiful space of well-being for my daughter where she's still in her power? Mm -hmm. yeah. And by allow by not even allowing her, but welcoming her own allowing mm -hmm. of becoming conscious and aware of her responsibilities based on what she models mm -hmm. from me as a mother and what she also again you got you you got to watch the other in the other episode too because we talk about values so what i'm talking about you know bringing that modeling mm -hmm. and also modeling my values as responsibility of going you know you know that eagerness to work and and my place in the world right so right. what i'm here for what is my purpose right. so it really um 
I will say that the first uh, secret of being a super mom, <laughs> uh, I really love that one. That I, I, I just click. It just clicks for me that how can I create more discipline where, she, but with seizing her power, where I'm allowing myself <laughs> to create it from a place which she's in her true power. I really love it. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, that's um. They are incredibly powerful and re incredibly resourceful. Mm -hmm. And the experience of staying up, you know, extremely late at night, right, and then having the consequence of being tired and grumpy next day in class, you know, when they have that experience, mm -hmm. that lesson lasts a lot longer really than the fifty-eight times I say, "Well, you know, it's nine o'clock, it's nine thirty, mm -hmm. it's ten o'clock." It's like I can you know, try to enforce that over and over and over again. And that has to keep happening over and over. Mm -hmm. But that experience, you know, and, and they didn't die. Yeah. And they were sleepy. Yeah. And they were tired. And then they, the next time, you know. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Yeah. And each I didn't say the, anything. Right? Each of the children who did that, you know, they only did it once. And mm -hmm. when they saw that, we were willing, and, and that's a part of it too, is willing for your children to have a less than desirable outcome. Yeah. We were willing to take that journey with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, you're probably going to get up and you're probably going to be grumpy and you're probably going to be sleepy in class. And, and I'm not going to keep you from having that experience because you need to have that experience in order for you to grow. Yeah. So now we have children in college and, and who are in the workforce and they never have a hard time knowing when they need to go to bed and when they need to get up. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we have seen and what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of people flunk out of college just because they can't get up in the morning yeah. because they never learned to do it for themselves. Someone was always making them, you know? It was an know? external force for it. Mm. And now Delicious. it really matters <laughs> and they still can't manage to get out of bed right. because mom's not there. Dad's not there right. to wake them up exactly. and make sure they go to class. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I have seen that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that really uh, brings a point to it. Um, and well, something that I want to point out that Namaste just said, that because I pick up on words and also the vibration of it, that I feel like it's important for our audience to uh, become aware of that we, we um, the experience, right, the journey of like uh, being responsible. And what she said clearly was that you probably are going to be tired next day. There were no judgment. Right. It was like, it may happen. <laughs> you may be tired. You, so we, it's not like, oh, I told you so. We hate that, right? Don't we do that? Oh, humans, like, I told you so. You're going to be tired. You're going to do this. It's like, kind of like already like traumatizing the child on some level, like creating an experience where it make them feel wrong. Right. So I love that you said that because it's important we, are creating the sacred space for them to be in their power, to make decisions from their place, from their inner source, right? Their inner power. Uh, and then honoring that, respect that, honor it, have, you know, uh, an understanding. And when they experience it, and not just as a children, but in their whole life, experiencing um, the consequences of the actions, the, the, and they become conscious, they don't feel the judgment from their parent. They don't feel like they just feel like, well, you know, like, yeah, the suggestions, having right. suggestions exactly. that may happen or may not. Right. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then they find out what they really need. Some kids find out that they need like nine or ten hours, and some you find out that 
oh, wow, you actually function better with like seven hours of sleep. You mm -hmm. don't do as well with nine, you know? So it also allows for their individuality, mm -hmm. you know, to be so different because we had so many children, we got a, we've had a chance to see how they're so different, yeah. you know, as far as their needs to operate in, in their own optimal capacity. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, this is this was just how the beginning of your presentation. Uh, children are not merely empty vessels. Their very appearance is an act of sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was like, boom. <laughs> 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 you want to have a parenting orgasm? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That was like, whoa, that was a big bang. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. they've been, they've been yeah. <laughs> for a long time. It's like, no, you didn't just have kids. They also had something to do with that. They chose you. You were had by kids. Yeah, you were had by kids. <laughs> <laughs> they chose you. They were like, now, now now's my chance. I'm my coming chance. now. Right. You know, yeah. at this point in your life, mm -hmm. wherever you are, even if you wish I I wish I knew more, I wish I had more. A lot of parents feel like that. They yeah. struggle with that. I wish I had more money. I wish I had more knowledge. I wish, but I'm like, well, that's a beautiful wish. But your child wanted to come through you right now as you are which means there are lessons that you have access to right now that you might not have five years from now you may not exactly. think that way then yeah. and yeah. they wanted those lessons mm -hmm. and that prevents you know parenting with regret like you're always worried that you're not giving them enough no you're giving yeah. them what they wanted to get from you exactly. you know <laughs> yes <laughs> can you feel that parenting orgasm right there <laughs> 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 Yes, yes, and and I love you guys bringing this up because you have no idea I am not the only parent out there who has felt uh, this guilt and this remorse and, and this uh, confusion of like, if I'm doing right for my child, like what is it then my life lesson here? And and also, you know, there is some, something that there's a, Confusion and misunderstanding when it comes to the spiritual communities when they talk about, mm. oh, you child, your child pick you, you know, they chose you, and and it's you know the free will. You cannot, you, you know, you should. You, some people talk about you should not supposed to interfere in the free will on on all that stuff, and which can be very confusing and traumatizing for so many parents, especially if they go through divorce and a very hard divorce or they're going through a very traumatic experiences in their relationship with the, the, the significant other or the child, parent, the other parent. Mm -hmm. And, and it's important. Yeah. Yes. We, um, have that awareness that they chose the circumstances for a reason. And one of my other mentors, Enrique Corvetta, who's a Spaniard, uh, mentor, he talks about that, you know, when they choose you, they also, you know, they choose the circumstances, but also it's kind of like the circumstances are the lesson and, and what did that makes you, mm -hmm. you know, what makes you aware of. So sometimes they talk about like they choose our children. We, all of us pick, choose a parent and the circumstances. It could be as dramatic and drastic or traumatic that could be. Because those circumstances are a golden ticket to really awaken more of ourselves. And for example, my personal experience 
what I learned in the way my golden ticket when I was in this conflict of like, should I interfere or not? It's like her dad and this, and, and I can feel so much abuse coming from this area. And all of these things were happening that my golden ticket of awareness was that I wasn't providing a, a more of a safety container in her environment. Mm -hmm. So my role as a mother has been, now that I became more aware was, you know, she chose me, she chose this, you know, this situation, the circumstances, for me to realize that my boundaries were not strong enough, right. that I needed to, to be clear with who I am even more, especially, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being a sexuality coach and, and, you know, to be more fearless and courageous to stand on the ground of, of, of you know, helping her, like, you know, creating this for her. I wasn't strong enough and I was weak. So some of the circumstances were like making right. me stronger. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. There's exactly. a gift. There's a gift. There's exactly. a gift in it. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, that was my golden gift. Like those would have been my golden gift. And I and I can say that once I became aware of that, that she chose me, she chose her father, the circumstances, and I was at peace with that. Yeah. It gave me these um orgasmic breakthrough <laughs> of, of just being like, well, mm -hmm. oh, my boundaries had been wiki a little bit, like, oh, mm -hmm. so I had to more be my, you know, strong more, like, but not from a place of fear or anything, but from a place of like honoring the sacredness of what we call creating together mm -hmm. as a family unit. Exactly. So, yeah, love that. That is wonderful. Uh, yeah, you can't. Thank you. Right? <laughs> yeah, you can't, throw you it can't up. mess it up. <laughs> we learn, we grow. Right. We have to get it wrong. Right. It's right. A, it's, we learn and we grow. That's, we, it. that's, that's it. <laughs> Beautiful. And the third one, um, I love the second one too, which about uh, forgiveness. Uh, I totally, uh, if you cannot accept who you are and accept other people, um, for who they are and their journeys and and just just let go of all the baggage and really accept it deeply and forgive yourself internally externally and all of that stuff uh, it, it will be very hard to move on in life um and before we wrap it up can we talk a little bit about um understanding deeper that their um secret it was don't allow social justice and I know that you went deeper in that a little bit and I was having like uh, I was trying to figure out in like different areas of life like uh, you know you taught you you touch on sexuality like that was beautiful um, the aspect of some parents you know when it comes to uh, they don't want to raise the kid uh, um, female male whatever because they're coming from a place of like they want to uh, kind of like kind of like uh, sap, you know, like, you know what I mean, like they, they're trying to be the protesters, right, of like what society is doing to the communities of men and women and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and what other areas do you see this happening? Like, so we have that in sexuality. Mm -hmm. uh, what other areas do we have these, um, these issues happening? Um, I 
see it. I don't know where Richard notices it at, but mm -hmm. I see it because I speak, I spend so much time in feminine spaces and with women. Mm -hmm. um, I see it a lot where there's a, almost like anything that a girl, a female child is going through as part of her thing becomes a, an issue. So for instance, maybe she um, wants to be pretty. It's a really common thing. You know, I want to be pretty. I want to look pretty. Mm -hmm. And instead of addressing the needs of the child and saying, okay, well, sweetie, what looks pretty to you? Well, let's go and get you, if you want that dress and that dress looks pretty to you, let's put the dress on you. You know, if you're saying, hey, I wanna, I, I wanna be pretty, I wanna wear makeup, let me let you have an experience with makeup. And that just being the child's experience, it becomes a byproduct of society. So now mm -hmm. instead of the little girl just saying, I wanna be pretty, the mom is like, oh, that's society telling her that she's not pretty. So now I'm going to just tell her you're beautiful just the way you are. Don't worry about it. You don't need to do that. And so it's not honoring her own process, which is a natural part of her evolving into her human form. Mm -hmm. All little girls feel like that. Every little girl I've ever met has at some point felt like I want to be pretty and I want to do whatever in her culture or in her environment is considered to be pretty. It might be wearing heels and putting on makeup. It might be henna. It might be anything. That's part of her integrating into being a part of a collective of women mm -hmm. and of, of feminine. That's part of it. But when we start allowing those social justice concerns to drive it, we demonize it. We demonize her stages. And instead of just going, okay, yeah, I took her out. And I put, like when I was a little girl, when I got to be about 11, I was like, so my mom wear makeup and I knew that some women wore makeup, some women didn't, it didn't matter. I was like, I want to wear makeup. I want to wear makeup, right? And my mom had a rule that I couldn't wear makeup until I was 16. But one day in preparation for that and to kind of like encourage me to look forward to it, she made up my face, you know? So she put on a full face of makeup on me and took pictures of me. And I was just so happy. Um, but she didn't make it into a thing. Right. Like, yeah. you shouldn't want to do that because mm -hmm. empowered women don't do that. You shouldn't feel like you need to. She didn't see it as being a byproduct of anything other than my own desire mm -hmm. to want to wear makeup at that time. And sometimes, you know, in parenting, when we have that hyper awareness of all of the social concerns of the world, we begin to internalize it and direct it. So anything that's going on with our child, we see it as that's it showing up mm -hmm. when that probably small, not right? <laughs> probably not it's yeah. probably just the child being a child and being curious and wanting to do what what children want to do and we don't need to try to make that into a you know something that we are picketing again <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i see it show up a lot in, in a lot of um areas with respect to um just this low-grade fear right where i recognize in the world in which we live there are individually mean people that do mean things. They come out in the morning and they, they have an intent to do mean things to somebody in that day. That's not everybody. Mm -hmm. And we need not be afraid of that, statistically speaking, sure. in happening to our children. But if we approach it from a place of fear, then we're telling our sons and our daughters, you got to protect yourself at all times. You, know, you always got to look out. Right. There's people out and they're trying to take advantage of you and they're doing this and they're doing that and you have to watch out. And now, you know, your teachers are the enemy and, and, and your friends, you can't trust them you either. Can't trust them, you right? know, you can't. And it's like we're projecting a lot of what we see in, in, in the social arena mm -hmm. and then maybe a lot of, you know, our own baggage mm -hmm. onto them. Mm 
-hmm. you know, I remember when I was in high school, when I had a friend and they did this to me, so you can't trust those little girls because they'll smile on your face. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. really are duplicitous and they're evil. And you know, it's like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Everything that's right. You, you, know? Know? you don't even know these kids. And right. now you're projecting all these things onto them. Mm -hmm. And now you are admonishing your child, and especially from, you know, from zero to age seven, mm -hmm. It's sort of like in this hypnotic state mm -hmm. where they automatically accept exactly. whatever you're giving mm -hmm. to them as being true and factual and that's just how the world goes so when you're giving them your tale of woe especially at that young age right. you are programming them to manifest these things and these outlooks and it's mm -hmm. like well i don't know why they're struggling with anxiety at 14. right why yeah. because you told them basically when they were four that the world is harsh, mm -hmm. it's unforgiving, yeah. you know, it's gonna hurt you, it's gonna crush you, it's gonna beat you down. Look, look, here are my scars, mm -hmm. you know, and you are preparing them for that type of experience. Right. Right. Everybody doesn't have that experience. Why not? Well, it's because everybody's not believing in that. Right. Everybody hasn't been told that. Right. Why not have your children, your, your family, be the exception right. and not the rule. Right. Exactly. Everyone doesn't go through life, you know, just not enjoying their life experience. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be the truth for your children as well. Right. Even exactly. if you had what you would consider a sucky childhood, where right. things are just horrible, mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be replicated, not through the lives and through the bodies of your children. Yeah, you want to allow them to have the knowledge that the world is a safe place for them. Right. And that one piece of, of knowing in them will totally just amazingly inform upon and benefit so the trajectory of their life yes. that the world is a safe place yeah. for them, yeah. um, innately a safe place for them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we know in um, quantum physics, um, we talk about energy, right? Like where you focus go is energy flows so if we create these mapping these mm -hmm. mindset mapping in a, and we wire ourselves thinking that the world is not a safe place that's what we're going to attract into our life because the law of attraction yes. and it's just going to come your way yeah yes. that's one of the modalities that we that we teach on so that is definitely you know a part of what drives that me. is you know don't don't teach your children that, don't teach your daughters that, you know, regardless of what the statistic is that you have read, don't impart to your daughters that, you know, more likely than not, you are probably going to be sexually violated at some point in your life. Don't teach her that. That doesn't serve her to believe that, you know, mm -hmm. and in fact, the belief of that will be more likely to attract it than, than the non-belief. Teach her that, you know, you are amazing, you are brilliant, you are worthy of every good thing, and the world is your oyster, your, the world desires everything good for you the world right. desires everything mm -hmm. good for you as opposed to you can have good things in spite of the world mm -hmm. which is different yeah. you know and and so you get a it, claw and scratch you're gonna step on your neighbor to get it yeah it does matter a lot yeah the universe universe the world and people will co-create and collaborate with you we just have to be open and receiving and you know i'm always about creating healthy boundaries mm -hmm. you know choose the boundaries where you know, we, we know what we welcome and we can say, no, thank you. I don't welcome that in my life, you know? Exactly, exactly. And that's what, yeah. out of our eight children, we have five boys and, and three girls. Mm -hmm. And that's how we raised, you know, all of our children. It's like, just just know what you want and know mm -hmm. that you can say no and you can say yes. And you know what? People wanting things, there's nothing wrong with people wanting things. You just decide 
what you want. Right. You know, yeah. and so they mm-hmm. it's like, oh well, yeah, someone said so and so, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that, and it was no big deal. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to demonize that because they wanted something different, right? right? It's yeah, right. it's okay. So what I'm when I think I'm like uh, finishing wrapping this up with that part is um, don't let uh, fear yeah. pretty much uh, be the foundation of your parenting uh, skills or your parenting uh, approaches. Mm, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah, fear is parenting awesome. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I and it's like, you know, I always say like, you know, fear is like the little step sign and that, you know, I'm driving in my life and it's the little step sign that let me know that, you know, something's coming up. So it's like, oh, or and I, I usually work with the inner aspect of archetype. So it's like, oh, so who's going to be, uh, you know, on the front um, of these bus, like driving it, like facing wow. the fear? Who's going to be doing it? I was like, oh, I just want my kick asses one that are going to <laughs> know, conscious and aware, like of what's coming up. I'm not going to let the other ones that they are like, you know, the, my shadow ones. So the, you know, the ones that <laughs> they don't have nothing productive to do to take the dry feet or the, you know. So fear is fear is just a, a beautiful for me just a beautiful sign that something amazing is coming up, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be in my power to uh, embody more of myself, yeah. or experience another journey that it can help me you know back into to learn something another golden ticket out there. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is wonderful. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. So how can we find you again? Um, at richardandnamaste.com, as it says under our name there, and also at the schoolofalchemy.love. Yeah, it's schoolofalchemy.love. Schoolofalchemy.love. Yeah, no, the schoolofalchemy.love is the other website. Yes. And we are also all over, all over the social medias, all mm-hmm. over the interwebs. Yes, We're on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for Richard and Namaste or Namaste More. Um, and you will find us and we have videos. We do a lot of videos. We love to be in front of the camera. So, <laughs> so you can find us there as well. We can tell you love camera. <laughs> I love you too. I love your energy of both of you guys. It's amazing. So thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, so Thank you again, Richard and Namaste for being with us in this amazing summit. And we hope that every one of you got so many amazing insight and golden uh, ticket and uh, golden uh, experiences to bring into your life and put it into practice. So thank you again and see you in our next episode. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.